Hey everybody, my name is Jamie Dew, and welcome back to our podcast, The Towel in the Basin. Good to have you back here with us today, and um, have an opportunity to talk about a really important Old Testament theme, and even a, a spiritual theme, something that should be a theme in our life. Uh, flying solo today as I introduce uh, Corey Barnes. Normally I have Joe with me throughout our podcast in the past, but uh, this series where we're just really me and a couple faculty members are exploring some really important themes related to reading your Bible, reading it well, and uh, all of those types of things. So we've had uh, Dr. Corey Barnes in the studio with us before as we talked about reading the Old Testament broadly, but um, today we've got him back in the studio. Corey, thanks for joining me. Yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for having me again. A- absolutely. I introduced him before in a previous podcast, but let me do the quick version of it once again. Dr. Barnes is an Old Testament faculty member here. He's also our Associate Vice President over all of our institutional uh, distance learning. So if you take classes remotely in any regard at all, then you are participating in his work. He does a great job for us. Uh, it's fanta- fantastic, beautiful family, a wonderful, wonderful dude and brother, and I'm grateful for him and a good friend too. So um, super glad to have you in the in the studio. I know the Sabbath is a passion of yours and you talk about it a lot. You do seminars on it and other things like that. So let's start, let me start provocatively. Uh, <laughs> is Sabbath just legalism? And I'll give you the setup here. Is Sabbath legalism? I've been to, I've, I've observed how the Sabbath is either observed or not observed all throughout the United States. And that alone is enough to raise this question. And then you hear how uh, even Protestants exercise this or didn't exercise this in the past. That raises the question. And that's all before I go to Israel. And then I go to Israel. And I am, I have to admit, I was stunned by how it's practiced there. You go there and man, Sabbath starts on Friday night at dark about six o'clock. And for the next 24 to 36 hours, everything's on lockdown. And, and in my experience, it, things happened that I didn't expect. It was a bit strange. For example, there are elevators that you don't push the button. It just is programmed to stop at every floor and open the doors. Why? So that you don't quote unquote work by pushing a button. Toilet paper was already torn into usable sections. Who determined the amount <laughs> that you needed in each little square, whatever? I don't know, but it was already done so that you don't do the work of tearing the toilet paper. Uh, we won't elaborate on that anymore. Then you had hard-boiled eggs that were already boiled and pre-peeled for you. And it's just stuff like that. And I I remember looking at all this going, wow, I, I don't know that this makes a whole lot of sense, but um, is it legalism? Yeah, it's it's a good question. And one that uh, another reason we might ask is because we see legalistic observance of Sabbath being a, a major issue in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think as we're reading Sabbath, there's a variety of reasons that our minds rightfully jump to this. This certainly can become a legalistic thing. Right. So, so let's start here. Is the Sabbath legalism? Well, I would say the Sabbath is a concept. The Sabbath as a command is not. Okay. Can the Sabbath be kept legalistically? Yes. Okay. And is there a history, both in the broad culture of God's people keeping Sabbath, and then specifically even in our culture, for the Sabbath to look very legalistic? Okay. Yes. Okay. So let's let's talk about like in the New Testament where we see this. Uh, John chapter five, mm-hmm. Jesus heals a man who is disabled at the pools of Bethsaida. Mm-hmm. 
So on the Sabbath, we see several times in Jesus's ministry that healings on the Sabbath become a, a flashpoint of mm-hmm. controversy right. with different groups of Jewish leaders. And what happens in John chapter five is not only is there a controversy because he is healed on the Sabbath, but primarily they are accusing him of commanding the man he has healed to break the Sabbath because mm. Jesus has the audacity to tell him <laughs> to take up your mat yeah. and to walk. Okay. Yeah. And and the reason they're doing this is because they're they're tracing a tradition that that we see through some some different uh, some some different documents in Jewish tradition like the Mishnah where mm-hmm. there's actually commandments against these all these categories of work. Which by the way, there's there's one document that would say there are 39 categories of work. Wow. One of which is picking something up and taking it from one place to another. Wow. So they're accusing Jesus of, of commanding this guy to break the Sabbath. Okay. Um, so, so yes, the Sabbath can be taken legalistically, but as we get into, as this conversation goes forward and we get into, okay, well, well, that's a legalistic application of the Sabbath, but that's, that's not the way we're commanded to keep the Sabbath. Can okay. it be legalistic? Yes. Is it inherently legalistic? No. Okay. So then that takes us then to the next set of questions. What is the Sabbath then? Speak about you. Di- you're differentiating here between the Sabbath as a concept mm-hmm. and, or a command and the Sabbath as it's practiced. So differentiate that then. What is the Sabbath as a concept conceptually? And then what does the Sabbath look like historically where it's been abused? Yeah. So to define what the Sabbath is, the Sabbath is what we are commanded to do in the Ten Commandments as they're given to us in Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5. That is, we are to remember the Sabbath day. So there's a day element there. Referencing back to creation. Yeah, that's right. Well, in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, okay. going to be referencing to the Exodus event, okay. which is a really okay. interesting thing about the commandments. And we'll, we'll talk about that as we move forward. So yeah, a, a day that is to be kept holy, meaning okay. set apart from the other days. So what is the Sabbath day? It's the thing that we're commanded to do in the Ten Commandments. It is rooted in two acts. So from, from Exodus chapter 20, mm-hmm. we are told we are to do this because in six days, the Lord God created the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day, he rested. Okay. Pause there for a moment. That means that Sabbath is not done out of weariness because God's rest on the seventh day is not done out of weariness. Okay. <laughs> God's rest on the seventh day is done out of enjoyment of the fruit of what he has done as he has created the heavens and the earth. Ah. And this is this is Westminster Confession. You've talked about this before. Uh, yeah. as, as And I think you'll have to remind me of like how you qualify this. But, you know, what what is the chief end of man to know God and enjoy him forever? Westminster mm-hmm. Confession. I think you say to love God and yeah, enjoy him forever. Yeah, because that's the biblical language. Love yeah, yeah, right. that's right. So, uh, so good Baptist stuff, by the way, of you know putting biblical language in <laughs> those man, confessions. I'm Baptist, even when I, I'm not intending to be. There, so there we go, man. There we go. So, uh, so, so we have this Sabbath is creation resting in and loving and enjoying God, okay. and God resting in and loving and enjoying creation. Okay. Deuteronomy chapter five, we are to remember the Sabbath day to keep it in holy. Remember, in both Exodus twenty and Deuteronomy five, not only do the people of God keep the Sabbath. But their livestock are to keep the Sabbath, hmm. and those that are sojourning among them, so, so the, the refugees among them, and hmm. those that are slaves among them. And in Deuteronomy 5, it's like that kicks off the, the, the commandment to say, because remember, hmm. you were slaves in Egypt before God rescued you by a right. mighty hand and right. an outstretched arm. So the other thing that Sabbath roots us in is Sabbath is something rooted in the event of the Exodus. So simply put, Sabbath is a day.
day of rest that is kept in observation of the purpose of creation, which is to rest in and enjoy God, and as a declaration of God's saving work, that we are the people, the Sabbath keepers are the people who God has saved by his mighty hand and outstretched arm. That's what it is conceptually. Okay. Historically, Right. right? This is where we see the legalism really coming in. Yeah. Uh, let's note first that in the Old Testament, there is not a direct line between keeping the day of Sabbath, so the weekly Sabbath that is kept, and mm-hmm. any type of corporate worship. Okay. That's not there in the Old Testament. Right. So the tradition for that comes in that as Israel goes through exile, mm-hmm. and the temple is no longer the center of worship because the temple has been destroyed, right. uh, the synagogue becomes the center of worship. And by the time we get to the New Testament, there's a very clear tradition that has come that okay. you gather at the synagogue on the Sabbath, and you're going to to celebrate Sabbath day, and corporate worship is going to be an element of that. As hmm. early Christianity is the day of corporate worship moves from Saturday, which is what, what we're referring to as the seventh day whenever we use right. the Julian calendar. Calendars mm-hmm. are tricky things, right? So, so that's not as slam dunk a case as, as some folks would have it to be that Saturday is always the seventh day. <laughs> but, but as it moves from the seventh day to the first day, because the resurrection transforms everything, right. and in, in, as, as a reflection of that, early Christian worship begins to take place primarily on the first day, resurrection day, uh, then we're going to have some Christians that are going to begin celebrating Sabbath on Sunday. This really becomes a thing post-Reformation. There are some early church practices where Sabbath is talked about, but as we look at the church fathers, the typical language is to see, as many of us would say today, Christ has fulfilled the Sabbath, and there's not as much of a day of rest element to Sabbath. I don't mean that there's none. We we see people talking about it, Um, but like um, uh, Augustine, if Tyler was here, I think he would want me to say Augustine, Uh, (laughs) so so makes this pretty clear in his literal commentary on Genesis, right? That Christ has fulfilled the Sabbath. Okay, so so the post-Reformation period, though, the reformers, as they're trying to reclaim tradition, see a need to keep Sabbath very much in, in this, this more legalistic way and to associate it with the day of corporate worship. So they're kind of joining in that tradition. And that's where we would have, some of us are familiar with hmm. this language, the Lord's Day. Right. And so right. we see that in post-Reformation thought coming into, in, in our culture, the Puritans are very influential here. Yeah. And so as I kind of bring that to a close, just if, if you've uh, maybe read books like Little House on the Prairie, right? Which my mom- I, You know, I haven't done, I've seen my the My mom made show. me read it yeah. to my sister. So <laughs> I'm bitter about that. Mom, if you listen to this podcast, I get to make fun of you for the rest of my life for making me do this. <laughs> I but, think my kids have read it. I've, yeah. I've only watched TV. That's typical Jamie dude though, right? Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, so in that book, uh, Laurie Ingalls talks about how boring the Sabbath was. The yeah. Lord's Day is boring because they have to sit inside and read the Bible and maybe see some songs, but mostly be bored. Um, we see how different that is. That's a departure from if the Sabbath is supposed to make me uh, root my experience of Sabbath in the enjoyment of God, if I am bored on that day, I'm not doing it right. Mm-hmm. If it becomes about what I'm doing and not what God has done in his act of creation or in his deliverance of his people, hmm. I'm not doing it right. Okay. Or if you're just... Uh working and laboring to not work such that you're adding to your exhaustion, yeah. you're not doing it right. That's right. Or, or if I'm just not keeping it at yeah. all. So, okay. so if I'm just ignorant of it. Obviously, okay. then I'm not keeping it at all. The Southern Baptist Convention will be in New Orleans June 11th through 14th of this year. New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary and Lovell College are excited to host you all. To help you get to know the city, we've put together a website, Go to nobts.edu visit. 
We can't wait to see you in June. Again, that website is nobts.edu slash visit. All right, so then let me make sure I got it right. So going back, you're saying Old Testament, there's not a clear line between, say, the Sabbath uh, and also the seventh day of the week. That kind of comes after the temple falls apart and you move to the synagogue structure. Yeah, I, I would say that there's a... What, it's what just I would not say as there's, clear, right? Well, there's there's no clear concept with, with corporate worship. My seventh day... Th- there, there is clarity that the Sabbath the seven, kept on the okay, seventh day, good. but okay. the, the seventh day is Saturday. Gotcha. Gets us into this whole conversation about calendars. Right, right. And so just remember, okay. anytime somebody comes to you with like Bible prophecy and they're like, if you count days of the week, the yeah. first thing that we can kind of tell them is like, which calendar are you using there, bud? Yeah. Right, so, right. Okay. So there... Okay. So that, that's... So, re- and, and, and all of that, Jamie, is because I'm, I'm going to come to a point where I'm like, Saturday, Sunday, another right. day of the week. I don't think that's the point. Okay, okay. But as... It, as the history unfolds from, you know, temple up to synagogue to early church into the Reformation. Essentially, the tie to the concept of Sabbath and corporate worship gets stronger and stronger and stronger as we kind of go through history. Right. Okay. And yet, at the same time, if we're not enjoying what God has done, if we're not, uh, if we're not, if our time is not spent in appreciation of Him and glorification of Him, and there's all these ways we can not do it right. Mm-hmm. How do we do the Sabbath correctly? Yeah, so let's Maybe look, lay out some principles there. Let's look at those two things the Sabbath is supposed to point us to, Exodus 20, Deuteronomy 5. Big deal, by the way, because the, the, the way that Deuteronomy restates the commandments is mm-hmm. word for word with very few exceptions, and the most major one is in the Sabbath commandment, wow. where, where we have this departure from rooting it not just in creation, but in the Exodus event. So it's a big deal. So it's like cop- in Deuteronomy, it's copy and paste from Exodus 20 with the exception of this right modification. Of the, of the Sabbath okay. commandment, right? right. And, the, and the purpose clause on the Sabbath commandment. This is why you keep the And Sabbath. what is that again? Yeah, and, and, and in the purpose clause in Exodus 20 is creation, uh-huh. The purpose clause in Deuteronomy five is the Exodus because wow. God has brought you. Remember, you were slaves. Wow! So it's like it's it's piggybacking off of that. Even even your slaves get to keep the Sabbath, right. and then piggybacking off that. So remember, hmm. you were slaves in Egypt. So with with that in mind, kind of two things that I would I would root Sabbath keeping in. Number one, big big like for you and me, man. We need to be Sabbath keepers, and we need to keep the Sabbath in mind every time we walk out the door in the morning, or, or both of us have to travel. You're traveling a ton, right? Right. Like when we go on a trip, and our kids ask, "Why do you have to go?" And in our answers to those questions, we we have really cool jobs, and so we get to say awesome things like, "Man, we get to go, get to go teach God's word to people," or we get to go talk about this awesome work we're doing at the seminary. But also, I want my kids to know, "Hey, Zoe and Noel." God's really gracious to us to allow daddy to work to provide us with the things that our family needs. God's mm-hmm. good for that. So God provides, he does it through this work that mommy and I do, and this is my, my role in it. If I really want them to understand that, then that means that I'm telling my kids that they are a part, their, their life is a part of the fruit of my labor. Mm. So in my rest, that orients me that if I am to Sabbath well, Kayla and Zoe and Noel and the other children that God has placed in our household through foster care need to be present whenever I am resting on the Sabbath. Hmm. It is not a time for me to go back in my room and and binge watch Netflix. Mm -hmm. It is a time for me to celebrate the fruit of my Hmm. labor, which is God has graciously allowed me to provide for my children. 
I, and I would say in that that and as his we, pro, uh, your labor and his provision, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. It, it, yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's rooted in God. It's not like we're all celebrating Daddy's work. Yeah. We're celebrating God's provision. You know, God God allows our family to go through these rhythms, and as we rest together, we rest together and enjoy. We, we are enjoying God together and mm. celebrating what God has given us together, enjoying the fruits of of our labor that God's graciously wow. given us to do. So, so there's this this communal aspect. Here's here's a challenge there for us. I think so. So with families, that community is very clearly defined. Mm-hmm. Say for college students or single folks that are listening to this, the application there is is I think we have to think about okay, who is the community that you're laboring with but but I would say we're not to keep Sabbath alone right we mm-hmm. need to we need to celebrate Sabbath together that's not commanding us to that it has to be on the day of corporate worship that does mean that it's not primarily a solitary activity Genesis roots us in that so mm-hmm. so you know if you read uh, the the first verses in Genesis chapter 2 we're going to see that that God's Sabbath rest is done in creation enjoying the fruits of his labor with the image bearers on on you know for whom he is he has made this creation for them to enjoy right. and for him to enjoy them the second thing we're doing is we are proclaiming God's deliverance when we we keep the Sabbath. Wow. That's the Exodus, uh, sorry, Deuteronomy 5 part. So when we keep the Sabbath, if we keep it well, I think part of what should happen is, is that we should have people ask, as, as, as happens when we are obedient to God's commands, mm-hmm. when people say, you know something, your family does this really cool thing, or, or you as an individual do this really thing, cool thing that, that college students are going to have people say, I've noticed that one day a week, you just really set some time apart and you're hanging out with friends and you're, you're resting and you're taking care of your, yourself, you're glorifying God and what you're doing. Why do you do that? It's to say, I... I do this because this is the ultimate purpose God has for the world. Hmm. And we're doing it saying God has saved us and God has set our stories on a path that's that's in a beeline to Revelation 21, which is the eternal Sabbath that's going to be restored. The, the other thing that I would just say here that connects the two, so connects Genesis and connects the Exodus event, right. is in Genesis chapter two, we see the pattern of creation, day one through six, End of every one of those days, there's morning and there's evening, day one, day two, all the way through day six. But on the seventh day, in which God rests, in, in which we have this day where God is going to enjoy creation and creation is going to enjoy God, there is no end to it. Yeah. I would make the argument that what the Bible is doing theologically is that in Genesis chapter three at the fall, the Sabbath day is interrupted, hmm. and through the work of Christ, the Sabbath day is perfected and restored in the new heavens and the new earth. Wow. So we're celebrating Sabbath as a declaration of the purpose that God has for his creation and for his people. Wow. So you're celebrating purpose, reflective of Genesis and creation, and you're celebrating redemption, yeah. reflected from Exodus. And yeah. Sabbath exists to enjoy and to celebrate and rest in, I guess, right. these things, right. what God has done. Right. Wow. Okay. Oh, okay. I have lots of things that I could ask that we don't have time for, but let me just ask this. So now in the, and I guess we need to do this as quickly as we can. Um, In the New Testament, Christ is the fulfillment of the Sabbath. So what does that mean, just in general, conceptually? And then what does that mean with regard to how we live and function? Yeah. Uh, Christ is the fulfillment of the Sabbath. I would tell us that the Old Testament primarily is creating expectations, not giving crystal ball predictions. The okay. Sabbath is an expectation that I can rest in God because of his creative work and his redemptive work in my life and in the work of his people. And okay. so Christ fulfills both the, the creative okay. goal and okay. the redemptive purpose. Wow. 
Um, okay, so, good. So that's where I would, would locate that with Christ. Okay, so then how do we live that out, flesh that out? This is where, I guess, corporate worship and community, in, on an individual level, but yeah. also on a communal level, it's me as an individual person yeah. resting that he is the one that's done this, both prov- created and provided and given the intentions of it all, but also the redeemer of my soul. And then as a corporate worship group, we're celebrating the same thing. So yes. Yeah. And I, so I would say it this way. I would say that there's there's tremendous value that if on the day that we have set aside for corporate worship, that if we can just Sabbath on that day, I think there's a natural rhythm to that because we're celebrating Sabbath with our church family. Mm-hmm. And, and then if we can come home and be with our family and we can rest in that, then that is good. There are challenges for that. So for the two of us, right. Sundays can be a really busy day. Yeah. That's and right. so there are times that we need to adjust that. And that's that's where I don't see any I don't see anything in scripture that binds me to this day and not this day. Right. I think it is wise for us to set apart in the regular rhythms of our life right. to have a day that we set apart that we are spending that day with the community in which God has placed us. So so if you're married, it's mm-hmm. with your spouse. If you have kids, it's with your spouse and children. Mm-hmm. If you're a college student and there's this this close Christian community that you experience in your dorm, I would tell you to try to spend it with those people. If it's on Sunday, great. If for whatever reason it's not on Sunday, then 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 embrace another day. If you are working on an offshore oil rig and you're two weeks on and one week off, you're going to need to adjust what this looks like. But but I do think it's wise to set apart a day. The the simple principles try to set apart a day that this is a regular rhythm of your life. Hmm. Embrace rest and joy and avoid toil because remember work is not something that's a result of the fall, but toil is. Right. So whatever the thorns and thistles are in your life, right? If you hate cutting the grass, don't do it on your Sabbath rest. If you love cutting the grass and it feeds your soul, do it. Um, <laughs> so uh, so so reject toil, embrace rest, and then do all things in proclamation of what God has done. Wow. A proclamation of who God is and a proclamation of what God is doing in Christ, working toward the redemption of all things. Wow. Thanks, man. Clearer now than was before. I appreciate that so much. Hopefully that's been helpful for you folks. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. This is Jamie and Joe again. If you like this podcast, would you leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts? That helps other people find it. And if you have any questions, we'd love to hear about them. Just go to jamiedo.com slash questions and send them in that way. And we'll take a look at the most frequently asked questions and give them a shot.